0: I think my life calling was a big challenge in our marriage mm-hmm. because it, it it required me to make some serious sacrifices, often at the expense of her and
1: our son. From Crossroads Media, this is See, Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season eight, episode number three. Hello, my name is Addison Espilla, producer on See Here Love. Season 8 is all about host Melinda Gets to Know You. On this episode, Melinda Gets to Know Her Colleague, Mark Masri, co host of 100 Huntley Street. This is Melinda Gets to Know, Mark.
2: Well, welcome back to another episode of the very creative, branded series called Melinda and Her Colleagues Podcast Series on See Here Love. So creative, and Mark Masry, who I'm uh, talking to today, is actually laughing across the table at me because of that title. You're like, you're literally chuckling. I I am chuckling. I love (laughs) it. It's so pathetic. (laughs) No, it's awesome. Oh, okay. So, you've okay. So, viewers and listeners, you can already tell that this conversation is going to be fun, but serious and more fun because Mark Masry, if you don't know him, Yet, you will love him by the end of this conversation. I know a lot of our listeners and viewers love Mark. I've known of him for a number of years. But for those who don't know, he's the co-host of 100 Huntley Street, Canada's longest running daily TV show. He has not been there since the first day, because then he would be like 75. <laughs> so no, he's young. He's a Canadian singer, songwriter, and producer. He's released seven albums. He's signed with Universal. And he's collaborated with a ton of people that we'll get into later on down in our conversation. But some of my favorites, David Foster, Mm. John Cicada, Olivia Newton-John, and so many more. So we'll talk about that. So Mark, welcome.
0: Thank you. Um, It's good to be here.
2: Yeah. How long have we known each other? I was thinking about this because this is not like a new like, oh my goodness, I don't no, Mark. I've never met him before.
0: Like, this isn't like we met last month.
2: No, exactly. No.
0: Um, so, if we're going to talk honestly, mm-hmm. I, I've got to say it's at least 20 years. I think at so. least 20 I years. Think so too. I'm going to go, I'm going to lead more towards 22, 23. Okay. But at least 20.
2: And I think, really, the one time that I remembered that, like, it was so fun, we were in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't were to say Nashville. It was like Nashville. We were in Nashville. GMA week. GMA week. And that was crazy. That crazy was like the days. height of, it was like third day, uh, delirious. I mean, I know we're dating ourselves, yeah. but that's the thing. Amy Grant. Newsboys. News, huge. Yeah. And Amy crystal, Grant was just dating or was just with Vince, Vince Gill. Vince
0: Yeah. That was a big sort of like. <laughs> yeah, well, ooh. Yeah. yeah. yeah ooh.
2: Um, what happened who else to Gary? Was there?
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> Where's Gary? Where's Gary? Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Newsboys, yeah, huge. Um, Crystal Lewis. Crystal
2: Lewis was there. I think even Sandy Patty after.
0: Oh, she. Some, she of, was,
2: some of those. The she was on that the redemption happening. tour. She was on redemption tour. Sandy she's Patty done was amazing there. Amazing thing since then. Yes, yeah. but we were there and with that's another really good friend. Really Should we like give her a shout out? Lori yes, Rant. Laurie Rant. And hi, Laurie, if you're listening, hi, that was so fun. <laughs> Crazy memory. And we were there because I think you were an artist associate.
0: I was an artist associate, associate with World Vision with, with World at the Disney time. That's right, and I was also music producer for Huntley Street. <gasps> so I was there, kind of wearing two hats.
1: Right. right? That's Right. 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 That's my
0: first round <laughs> here at Crossroads. It's
2: like me. This is like my second round. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Back in Woo. the ring. Here we are. That is right. And I was there because I was working at World Vision Canada, and I was helping with artist associates. Yes,
0: you were. Yes, you and that's were. how we
2: all got. To, oh that's man, right. that and was we a. We forged
0: some very meaningful, life-lasting friendships. I know.
2: And then here we are. We just. And I don't think I've ever done a one-on-one interview with you ever. I don't think so. This is like the first. time. I've interviewed
0: time. you on Huntley, you but you've never interviewed me.
2: Yeah, but for this length of time that we're talking, like that's we're true. gonna get in there and go deep and I don't know what's going to happen after this so so that's how long there will
0: either be lots of laughter or or tears or
2: this is going to be like (laughs) uh, and this is going to be axed and canceled by crossroads because we said too much yeah right. I've got my fan so it sounds a little it's just hot today it's 38 degrees in in Burlington Ontario Canada for all of you listening 38 um, degrees Celsius
0: I love it. I
2: know, I love it too, but I it's crazy hot. It's
0: hard it's hard to function in the heat, but I always think I always always think when it's a really hot day that January 13th is coming. <laughs> I don't know why I pick January 13th, maybe because it's January and the number 13 or make it February 13th <laughs> or whatever. Okay. It's coming and it will be negative a million.
2: That's true. So, so let's just like embrace let's it. Just
0: embrace it. Let's yeah. embrace the Beful sweat. Of gratitude.
2: <laughs> the,
0: the glow, the healthy glow. <laughs> mm because which it, we are. We, we actually are. have a
2: really great healthy glow right now. We do. We do. Okay, so here's the gush fest time of our conversation, Mark. And so I have four points for you that I was thinking about you, of what I really like about you. So, receive it, get ready for my gush fest. Okay, of you. okay Mark Masry. Number one thing that I really really respect and really love about you is that you are a learner. Like you are open to hearing like constructive criticism, but just but just thoughts. And then taking it and working through it and then becoming a better host and person. I have Thank seen you. that with you here at Crossroads, but it's just been something about your character where it's like you're open, you're you're a learner, you wanna be better, you wanna be better at your craft. And I we can talk about this later, but I wonder if that's part of, as a singer, songwriter, and producer, if that's part of you as well. So being a learner is amazing because I think A lot of people aren't learners. They just want to kind of like get to the top without learning and growing. And Mm. so I see that in you. Second, this is my love language, but you are fun. And I say that because I've been interviewing people, you know, for this series and nobody I put was fun, even our CEO.
0: Thank God you didn't say you're a stick in the mud.
2: Yeah. Well, there's brackets there that says you're fun bracket, sometimes a stick in the mud. But you're fun, you're open, and you sing, you laugh, you make everyone feel welcome and at ease, and that's a really beautiful trait of yours, like Thank just you. this openness and fun. I think even, I mean, not just for now, but I think, you know, when I look even through the scriptures and Bible, there's like joy and dancing and singing and celebration in it, as much as there is suffering and thoughtfulness and lament and grief, there's also a great sense of celebration. And I think that you really are about that. And I love that about you. Thank you. Right? Like when I come on Thank to you. like 100 happy <clears> Street, like be like, we always start singing. Da, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And then you're we like, we rap. Yes, there's usually a dance. Know, there's a lot, lot of, of laughter.
0: Saying. Yeah. Never a dull moment.
2: Love it. Number three, you are such a hard worker. I I've seen this in your singing career as you host and I was on your okay. I'll be honest. I was on your like your real estate page. Ugh. I was just looking all kinds of about you, and you can tell that you work hard at your craft. And I really yeah. respect people that work hard, that um, don't take it for granted, that work at it, figure it out, find new ways of doing it. I just I love hard workers. I think that's something. I'm not saying that nobody's a hard worker out right. there, but I'm just saying a lot of people want things easy, and I see you dig in, work hard you're resilient, you keep going. And then fourth, I know this sounds, but what I really love and respect about you, Mark, is that you have this gentle spirit. There's a gentleness and kindness to you. I think it's beautiful to see in anybody but in a man, and I, I think your gentle spirit is actually your strength. Mm-hmm. I think your gentle spirit is this great connection with humility, which really is a strength. And I, I really respect that, because you could come in with what you've achieved and who you are and be like the man, like here it is, here I am, look at this, but you don't. And you, you just have this gentleness and kindness too. That's really, really beautiful. And I say beautiful in the way of, you know, Mm. but it's really beautiful and it's great to be around you in that. So those are my four gush points. Well,
0: well, well, (laughs) thanks Mel. I, I almost don't know what to say. I almost moved to tears here, but thank you for saying that. And, um, to all of your points, uh, I have one thing to say. They have been learned behaviors. Mm. They have been disciplines that I have had to work at. Mm. And I, I don't think you, and I think for anyone, you can, you can attest to this as well in your life and career and family, that you, you don't get anywhere in the areas of your life that you're trying to grow and develop unless you put in the work. Yeah. And there's going to be failure along the way, and there's going to be a lot of missteps. But uh, I've am i I'm been super thankful for grace in my life, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, carried me, carries us the distance, yeah. you
2: know? It's awesome. So there they are.
0: You're no. four. No.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay, that's the end of our show yeah, today, and folks. And
2: done. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Masby, so much for coming out. And obviously you came just so that I could gush about you. Gosh, and gosh, we're gosh, finished. Gosh, gosh, and gosh, now he's gosh, never yeah. going to talk again. He'll be yeah. like, mm, 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 I'll just sit in the glow of the four gushes.
0: In the glow. I love it. <laughs> Oh.
2: all right so oh what do you like about me oh I know that was um, weird that was a weird no no, no that's really good
0: Um, well I mean I could echo a lot of the things maybe the comments that you've made about me maybe because we see a, a, a lot of uh, ourselves in each other mm-hmm. I think that's probably why we have such a good time yeah. whenever we are doing quote unquote work it is never work because we enjoy what we do and we understand how to appreciate that mm-hmm. and not take it for granted right um, in terms of your work ethic, Mel, I, I don't know if I've seen someone quite as committed to responding to a calling or a purpose in her life and, and running with it. Like in mm-hmm. terms of um, being committed to seeing something through uh, until it bears fruit and not giving up on it. I, I just have to applaud you big time mm-hmm. for that. You are sitting in the chair you're sitting today today because of hard work and dedication and a love and a passion for what you do. I've never seen you. I don't think I've ever seen you pour yourself into something that you weren't passionate about.
1: That's true.
0: And you're pretty multifaceted. You've got a lot of passions Mm -hmm. and you've helped a lot of people along the way. And it speaks to sort of the, the the well-roundedness of the person that you Mm. are too. So
2: Mm, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I thank you for that because you know, I think sometimes in the work that we do, like a performer, an artist, an entertainer, a host, people just think it's like easy, fast, look at you, you've got the spotlight, how amazing. But a lot of people don't realize how much work it is on the back end. Like, I don't think people realize that, you know, I started this, like, I was producer, director, web guru, social media manager, writer, writer, fundraiser for this. Like I had one person working with me part-time, Iman to mm-hmm. launch this thing. I had to learn how to do everything. I had to write papers and sponsorship things and had to learn it and I was Googling and YouTubing how to do it. But nobody knows that because now, it's, I mean, you see kind of like the, the like the end, right? Like the, the big, in front of the camera now and all of that. And I mm-hmm. think it's important to remind people, especially because, I mean, we've been at it, I've been working in this, you know, for 25 years, 20 plus years that has taken that long mm-hmm. to get where I am
0: yeah every, it's not been know, overnight no exactly well people will always say that overnight success in 20 no. years right yeah it's like that overnight it, like it's like the American Idol thing you see a lot of those or the voice or AGT or any of these t- re- reality shows um, you'll see these artists get up and they are incredible and you're like what and then and then they're shot to the pinnacle of success yeah. overnight so 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 the public thinks they don't realize is the hard work that they've been putting in, in their bedroom, the, the, the crappy gigs they've been taking in bars and pubs to try mm-hmm. and be heard and recognized and, or the work that they've been doing, you know, trying to serve others and, and, and in the process, build their craft and hone their craft. And, and it's been years in the making. Yeah. It's just, they happen to have the platform now. Right. So well,
2: that's good. And I think it's a good reminder too. So thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. And I hope you take my encouragement and, yeah, I think I think that you need to know that. I think sometimes we don't say that enough to friends, colleagues, even family. And mm. so this was just an opportunity for me to tell you.
0: Yeah, thank you. You're I will welcome. Cherish those words.
2: All right, fun, fast questions okay. now. I love this because I'm always fascinated, and because sometimes it's the most random answers. But here we go, oh, Mark. Boy. Aside okay. from 100 Heavenly Students, to hear love. <laughs> what is your favorite TV or streaming show, past or current, and why?
0: Okay, just finished. Okay. How to get, get Away with Murder.
2: <gasps> really? Yeah, I've, a,
0: I've, I've watched I've that. Watched. It's a little bit of a guilty pleasure. I know. And there's certain That's scenes good. that you just have to fast forward yep. through. But I love Viola Davis. I think she's an unbelievable she's actress. Yes. And there was there's just something about courtroom drama that I've always been drawn to. Like even way back to the Matlock days. Did you ever watch Matlock? Yeah, I did. Okay, love Matlock. But there's something about this particular storyline. And the plot gets so thick. Like, it's unbelievable how interwoven Mm -hmm. the lives are. And it actually kind of speaks to how connected we all really are. Yes. Right? And you can think you are light years away from me in terms of connection and when you realize Mm -hmm. when you really dig down you may only be a degree or two right right yeah
2: she's great and shout out to Viola Davis if you are listening
0: if you are listening (laughs) Viola we love you love
2: you and if you ever want to come for a podcast with Mark and I please do
0: please
2: (laughs) but that's actually really good how to get away with I know and then there's sometimes I'm like oh that's brilliant and Chris is like what? Are you gonna murder somebody and put them? Oh wait, but I'm not give it away. But and I'm like, no, but that's brilliant. And he's like, okay, where are you going with this? I'm like,
0: nothing. I and just think just it's keep, brilliant. They just keep introducing <laughs> characters. I know. And and you're and like, whoa, oh my whoa. god, they're
2: connected. It's I know, just, it's right. amazing. Okay. So that's okay, that's awesome. Okay. I would never have suspected that. So that's really great. No, okay. Okay. Aside from you and me, <laughs> <laughs> who is your favorite influencer or host, past or present? Mm.
0: I I I have an appreciation for different people for different reasons, Um, but let's just talk about Huntley Street for a second because I worked under him when I was first here and I'd have to say David Maines in terms of a host. Yeah, Um, There was, to me, and I always said this, um, when David was in his prime, he could have been the head anchor of any national news desk in this country. Or around the globe, for that matter. He had the voice. He had the presence that commanded your attention. Mm-hmm. But he chose to focus his energies on loving people mm-hmm. through the medium of his program. That you know, that was his his life calling, his life work, which uh, now I get to be a part of, which is very cool. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to David Mays.
2: Wow, that's really amazing. You're the <laughs> you're the first colleague here that actually mentioned David.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, which yeah. is really. I'm starring that. Yeah, yeah, which is really.
0: And there's there's no political uh, motivation no. or agenda for that at all. <laughs> well, actually, no, yeah. Mark, what you're trying to do here? No, Rick, it's no. honestly no. I, I think that's,
2: that's amazing. That. Yeah, you know that he was like, what is? Was he like 26 or 25 when he launched this whole 100% like, yeah, straight crossroads, the crossroads like family? Like 20, yeah, twenty like mid 20s. Like, like I know people do that. I mean, but I'm I'm thinking back like. Mid twenties, he launched what we're seeing now. Like, like what do they say? Barely
0: wet behind the ears. Yeah, like, I know. just a young guy, young groom with, with a young bride, and they start this one hour or fifteen minute program or whatever somewhere yeah. in the Ottawa Valley. It's crazy. Like, just to get on and just to have a presence and, and um, start building a, a real. And what's if you will. cool
2: is that he's now you see a number of us who are that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, vision over. Like, there are some yeah. of us are like that. Obviously, you need the amazing t- support teams, but. Now you see it and it kind of makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. David Maines. Okay, that's awesome. Aside from the See Your Love book, always know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, okay. It's just
0: <laughs> I'm so glad that you know that my first favorite in all of these things is. That's what I know. That's why I didn't to I didn't even need to tell you. I know. I just was like,
2: I assumed. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite book and why? And don't say Bible. I told him no. you can't say Bible. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. Um, So in my role, I have to read a lot of books because I'm interviewing guests and authors, great thinkers, theologians. But before I had to actually read books for a living, um, I'd have to say the novel that has impacted me the most was The Shack.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great.
0: And I think because the author took such creative license in unpacking what our relationship with God
1: Hmm. looks
0: like through the persons of God. Yeah, and I love the depictions of each father, son, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. I think it, he was brilliant, and he took some flack for that. Like he really did. Oh yeah, especially God theologi- being a, a black woman. Right.
2: But when you think a black woman, you're like, in that in that way, it's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: loving, nurturing, bracing, embracing, like just like
2: warm, nothing but warmth, warmth and I know. acceptance. I know. Brilliant. And of course and I was- And the Holy
0: Spirit being a gardener?
2: Yeah, um, who is Asian, Asian. Asian. Thank you. Gardner? And when I did meet with Paul, uh, the first thing I said was, um, thank you for making the Holy Spirit an Asian woman. <gasps> and he looks at me and goes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I go, thank you. On behalf of all the Asian women, he's like, oh, okay, you're speaking for all the Asian all women. All the Asian women. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I think it was beautiful.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. In fact, I was finishing the chapter on a flight somewhere. It's when I was touring a fair bit. And the flight attendant came up to me. She goes, oh, I've heard that book is really good. I said, it's amazing. And when I was done, I handed it to her when I got off the plane. Oh, really? Yeah, and she took it. She and goes, did you oh,
2: sign thank you so much. From Mark Massery.
0: Oh, I signed Singer. Paul's name.
2: <laughs> Singer, songwriter, producer. <laughs> Seven albums. <laughs> Mark Massery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <yes,
0: yes.
2: laughs> That's just, amazing. Just in case you're wondering. Just in case you're wondering. Who Mark,
0: gave you this book?
2: Please return back to... <laughs> <laughs> Don't you write that? I have people that write in their books... Their Come names. on now, yeah. Oh. So that they, so that if it does go out somewhere, it, it may find their way back, okay. or it may f- well. it, it may be in a library somewhere. And obviously, you open it because I've seen this in old libraries. I'm like, who is like Kathy Rutherford? And she wrote her name, and it's like a 1972 book
0: that somehow she wrote her l-
2: name, and then never it ended got, up, back, never to got Kathy. back to Kathy. <laughs> Kathy's like, where is that book? And it's in a random old library a camp. <laughs> <She> doesn't realize <laughs> it's, it's in the local
0: <laughs> library down the road from her. <laughs>
2: Or it's at a camp up north of Ontario in some, like, Bible camp. And they're like, how did it get here?
0: <laughs> or it's in one of those little huts that people put their books for the share <laughs> yes. club. You know, like you can give a book, leave, leave a book, a book yeah, or whatever. Yeah, when yeah, they a book, take a there. book. Yeah, yeah.
2: And there's Kathy, there's Rutherford's, Kathy Rutherford's book. Rutherford's and she's book. like, where is that book? I needed it for a study. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Time to turn the tables, okay. Mark. And you can ask me anything. Okay. With reason yes, on anything. Well, you know, I'm yep. pretty open. Hmm. Okay.
0: Where does Melinda Estabrook see herself in 10 years?
2: Mm. Oh Man, Mark. That was another podcast I was going to do. No. In 10 years?
0: Okay, five. Let's go five. Wow. Because there's a big shift happening in the world
2: of media and ministry. Wow, okay. So I think in five years, hmm, Wow, it's kind of giving it away. I haven't even talked to like close friends about this. It's kind of like I'm outing myself. In 5 years, like I think see her level look different, be different or or be an, a new show idea. Mm-hmm. I'm all about succession, new people. So, I feel like I would still be maybe hosting a show, but maybe something more in line with digital, podcast, YouTube a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I possibly um, I will have written my first book about my life, because that is in the works. And I haven't said that publicly, but it's in the works right now. So that will be, have written and published in five years. Um, and I think I want to do some work. And I, when I say this, it's like, is this going to, now it's going to be out there. And then what happens in five years, it doesn't happen, but I need to say it. I do want to challenge myself to get outside of this my Christian bubble Mm -hmm. and work in some more business corporate settings and a couple things, whether that's facilitation in areas of diversity and inclusion or leadership and vision and strategy. Um, I would love, I know do something in like interior design or something Mm. like that. I don't know. I know artistic flair. Yeah. So something like that, but I I know I'm still going to be in communications. I just don't know exactly what that looks like i'm kind of like god what does that look like
0: i could see you doing like stuff something in like in the in the corporate culture space
2: mm-hmm.
0: because like helping th- corporations i would redefine love that. that
2: because here's the thing i think listen i'm for not for profit and christian ministry but i think sometimes and this is a full admission you'd be very careful not staying in because then you are really you're 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 losing um, the beauty of what's happening outside and to be into those conversations that will challenge you. And I've noticed that. Like I am in a very really comfortable, beautiful supportive Christian bubble. But then sometimes it's like I have to actually really work hard to get out of to it. To step outside of it. And then there's other friends who are like in there and they're like they don't have any Christian support. So, so I think that would be really, really good. Now, you've been in that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like has that been good for you or has that been – Hard and challenging?
0: No, I, I'd have to say, uh, to your point, the the ability to uh, run in circles with people that don't have sort of the Judeo-Christian um, mindset or they're not looking at the world through that lens
1: hmm. has
0: given me insights into how they see the world. Um, and obviously, it gives you an opportunity to be the salt and the light that we're supposed to be. And it's not by, you know waving my Bible in the mm-hmm. air or pushing anything down their throat in terms of any kind of doctrine or, 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 you know, what, what I know to be true, but it's just living your life in a way that is consistent with what you profess and people will dig deeper on you. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. now when they know who you are, mm-hmm. um, they want to, and, and they like what they see, they will do more research and they begin, exp- you know, looking into your, your, your history and your, your, your faith and what it is that makes you tick and what it is that makes you the person that you are, because there's something about you that they like that, that is endearing. And I think that is, that is exactly, you know, maybe partially to your point of, of maybe your, what you feel is maybe the draw to be, you know, in it, but not of it. Mm -hmm. So you can actually flavor the world in in such a way that has, that has a has a positive impact um yeah and i didn't necessarily find and i don't think you you will either because you're you're so grounded um it's it's not a difficult thing to live your life for god it's not i don't think it's any more difficult no. out, out there than it is in here in fact sometimes on the inside of christian bubble we can become quite complacent
2: <laughs> yeah oh we're 100, like 100 100 okay. you know like
0: yeah. i'm covered i'm cool everyone around me is a christian and yeah. I, we've got my, my church group my book club that's all Christians, and I got my my small group, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it, it can be quite easy to kind of sit back a bit and, and become a little complacent yeah. in our active pursuit of relationship with God. Yeah, so.
2: I would say that in the times where I do um, engage, I mean, it sounds so weird, but like when I'm in those spaces,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I I'll say this, and I don't want it to sound like, like you know my heart, but every time I'm in these spaces. People come up to me and just want to connect and be a friend. Yeah. Then they find out, oh, my gosh, you're a Christian. Well, oh, interesting. Okay, this is and, – and they're not aggressive or angry. They're just like, oh, tell me more. Like, why? Or let's hang out. And I've had more people invite me out to do stuff with them than me inviting them out. Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. Because when I just go out, they're like, oh, my goodness, look at you. You're on a patio. You're singing away. You're having a great time. There's there's like this freedom and joy to you, which it, I know attracts people. And then I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, I, like I followed Jesus. And they're just like, oh, wow, okay. So it's like – Tell
0: me more. Yeah, exactly. Often, Like oftentimes exactly. you will get the tell me more, maybe in not such explicit terms. Yeah. But you will get the tell me more through their body language, through their questioning, through their totally. inquisitiveness. And you're right. Like there is there is a hunger
1: hmm. um,
0: to be known in that way by – by people outside yeah. of our Christian bubble, right?
2: We need to be reminded that. I think that's good for us to be reminded of that. And also as people are listening and viewing this podcast, for them to be reminded yeah. to be be intentional, but also don't be like cheesy. And no. don't be angry, please. Like just, oh,
1: please. like please
2: don't be angry and don't be cheesy. And don't say, and don't like, Don't leave be cliche. Tra- and don't leave tracks as tips for hardworking like if anything leave the
0: biggest tip that waiter or waitress has received that day thank you
2: very much mark sorry i know really i know i I I might get like somebody like write me something nasty now but come on don't do that okay now have you ever okay so how many years have you been doing singing professionally singer songwriter producer would you say 20 years 20 years okay did you always want to be that like when you were growing up as young baby mark (laughs) young baby mark yeah were you um, like that's what I want to do?
0: Um, okay, so uh, my mother says I could f- I could sing melodies before I could form words. So there was there was mm-hmm. always this this gifting um, of music that I that I possessed. Um, although I don't really consider it mine, but you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I think I grew up feeling like I grew up during the, you know, the the early eighties where late seventies, early Mm eighties, where once I started being, you know, getting, getting a little more serious about my schooling and what courses I was going to take that I needed to, you know, kind of set myself up for university degree that was going to get me a real job and music would just be sort of the hobby on the side and that sort of thing. So I started down the road towards medicine. So I was in a, um, a four year science degree program. I was heading, wow. I was, I was, I had my, my sights set on medicine. Cause I always have had an appreciation for the health sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, come second year of my four year degree program, I lost a very close friend to a brain tumor. So, mm. um, that caused me to reprioritize life. And I, and I, and I'd been, you know, doing music all along. It wasn't like I hung up my, my music, my microphone <laughs> and had moved on down the academic road. But, um, I just was really challenged in that season of my life to uh, take stock and to reprioritize what I was going after. And I, it was in that season that I felt that I knew that I'd been created for music. And so wow. I, needed to, I needed to take that step of faith. So that started me down a journey of, of making music. And for you know, a period of time I was here uh, for the Crossroads Christian mm. Communications uh, Ministry as a music producer for, for Huntley Street. And uh all the while recording music as well, so um but in my gut i I'd say that music was always my dream. I just didn't think it was attainable maybe as a okay. as a young yeah. as a youngster in my you know teens, early twenties, and then after that you know ep- that uh, experience in my life it it kind of ch- ch- changed my direction, my trajectory completely right. changed, and i haven't I haven't looked back
2: wow, so twenty years, mm-hmm. mark, what would you say has been like the greatest moment for you? As a singer, Mm. like a moment, a person, a collaboration, Mm. what would you say?
0: Well, there've been some some pretty amazing. You could
2: do two. Okay, can I I give you two?
0: Okay, (laughs) I'd say the first one for me, um, because in my space of classical crossover music, the the I would say probably the ultimate producer to work with is David Foster.
2: Yeah, that's incredible.
0: Like for anyone on the globe, you want to work with David Foster, and and I had the opportunity. Um, a number of years ago to guest on one of his PBS specials that was taped in Mandalay Bay in in Vegas. It was actually his Hitman Returns PBS special. And uh, we were premiering, I was playing the role of one of the characters in a musical that he was writing music for based on Betty Boop. And um, the other two, uh, well, Megan Hilty was my my, uh, female interest, Mm -hmm. love interest, and she went on to have incredible success in, in primetime television, and she was an incredible artist. Plus, the older couple from um, uh, what was the show that was on all the time? Um, why can't I remember it? With, uh, anyways, Is the older, older? Co- uh, uh, Wisteria Lane.
2: Oh, um, um, Desperate Housewives? Desperate Housewives, yes.
0: So, what was the older couple's name?
1: Oh, that couple, yeah. yeah. So they
0: were the older us. So I got to act alongside of them, but sing as well. Anyway, long time to spit that out. Um, So it was pretty amazing to be on that show. And then the close, like a finale that night. There was a number of artists on the stage that night to be standing on stage with Seal on one side of me, oh Kenny Loggins gosh. on the other, Shucka Khan next no. to him, Donna Summer, Earth, Wind and Fire. No. Um, <gasps> yeah, like it, quite an amazing experience. And to have a picture to prove that I was on the stage with that cast of a Oh my artists, goodness. It's pretty amazing. Did
2: Seal sing like a kiss?
0: Yes, he did. <gasps> yeah
2: that's like honestly one of my like favorite songs yes and the Chaka Khan Chaka Khan oh my goodness amazing really?
0: oh amazing what was it
2: like to work with David Foster like is he just like nice. really like creative or is he like eccentric or is he like there's chill? an eccentricity okay.
0: about him Um, he's very uh, very much in the zone when he's creating it's like we're here to work okay. and that's I got to say, probably been the biggest secret to his success. Like he doesn't like get off on tangents and get fooling around and, you know, yeah, he'll have a good time when it's time to have a good time. Right. But when it's time to work, he gets down to business and, uh... It can be a little bit intimidating walking onto the stage for the first time. And he had heard me before. I mean, obviously, that's why yeah. I was invited. His sister has always been a really big fan of mine. So she was the one that she was working with David in sort of a management position at the time. So yeah. she was the one that said, David, we got to have Mark come and play the role of this guy. And wow. so it was I had literally a week's notice that before this show was going to be taped. And so I was all freaked out. So He had to walk out on stage with David Foster sitting at the piano. It's pretty crazy. I've yeah. gone on to do some other things with him yeah, since then. Amazing. So it's been great.
2: So, yeah. So Co Kenny Loggins, Shaka Khan, Earth, Wind & Fire. Yes. Come
0: on. Come on.
2: I would be like.
0: And they just, they all sang up a storm. Peter Cetera. Like, oh, I mean, Peter
2: just. Peter Cetera. Like, I, those yeah. are the people that, like, I grew up with in music. I know. That's Same amazing. here.
0: Like, like, every single voice that has had some sort of influence on me as an artist, I was standing shoulder to shoulder with. So. I bet you're
2: just like. Whoa.
0: Like almost <laughs> speechless. Yeah. it's yeah. amazing. Pinch me.
2: Okay. I love that. Okay. What has been the hardest part of being a singer? Like this journey, mm. like a low time, what's been hard about it?
0: Uh, the uncertainty of the industry. There's mm. so much uncertainty. Uh, when you uh, commit yourself to a life in the entertainment world, it, it all depends on the flavor du jour, like what's happening, what's trending in the music world, mm-hmm. what kind of artists are theaters buying, if you will, for their series, their concert series. And if, you know, once you've kind of done the circuit, you might be a good three or four years before they're going to come back around and want to book you again. So there's always this um, mm-hmm. sense of like, what's next? Like, even if you, you map out the next six months or 12 months of a tour, that's great. And it, That's good for those 12 months, but you need to figure out what your plan is going to be for the next 36 months while you're trying to either record another album or ramp up. I just think there was so much inconsistency for Mm me. Um, And there are things that I probably could have done better. Um, There were things that I think I did relatively well. Um, But you you don't really know in the moment. You're just kind of doing the best with what you have to work with. Mm -hmm. And I've had seasons where there were. I had a really great team and then I had like whether it was a booking agent and manager and a music director and that sort of thing and, and label being super supportive. And then there were times where, you know, you'd find out that your agent took a killer gig and gave it to another artist, a a gig that was intended for you. And they turned Mm -hmm. around and gave it to someone else because they could get a higher dollar value for that person than for you. And so that kind of stuff hurts. I mean, it happens, right? Um, and and you can get pretty angry and bitter during seasons of your life because you're always you always feel like you're chasing the next thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean there's a there I mean we're entrepreneurs so there's right. a certain amount of that in me but I've only got so much go and get it in me before mm-hmm. I feel like okay I just I got to back yeah. off here. Yeah.
2: So for the person, young person who's listening is like should I even get into this <laughs> world of <laughs> Okay, you should see Mark's face as I say this. It's like gagging on his coffee. Like, okay, maybe you've been answering right now as you're doing this, but should they get into it? What, like, because there are so many people that want to, and Mm -hmm. now that we've got YouTube and TikTok and all that, but I don't think people realize just how hard it is. Or maybe they do. I don't know. What would you say, like, to somebody who's like, should I get into this world of entertainment and, and. being a yeah. singer, a songwriter.
0: Well, I'll tell you this: um, you know, people say, "Oh, if I could just get the record deal. If I could just mm-hmm, get the record mm-hmm. deal. I've had the record deal. I've had it. And record company, companies don't do anything for you. They are I've simply heard that. there. They are simply there to participate when you do well. They want to take a piece of you doing well. But in terms of them being key to your success, they have little or nothing to do with your success. You've got to go out and create it and make it for yourself. And then they will take their piece. Thank you very much. You know, got it all." A label is is a calling card if you're lucky and the industry has changed so much from when mm-hmm. I first got into it when people were still buying plastic well, that's what we call CDs yeah. when people were still I buying loved merch CDs right
2: I loved going out to like the store and like and waiting flipping and, and, yeah flipping through and, and getting yeah. them or actually waiting for when the release of the CD yeah. or whatever right I miss
0: those days now it's like a Spotify pre-order oh. like I don't even there's know enough, how that works there's to nothing be honest. Even about it like no. it's not
2: it's not like interactive you know, yeah, it's, it's tangible.
0: It's, I wanna pick it up, I wanna read the liner like, notes. I wanna yeah, see exactly. the beautiful artwork and the photos and Exactly.
2: The... And that's the thing too about like even getting tickets for a conference or like a concert. We would skip school. Yeah. And we'd line up at like Standard Record Man or or Ticketmaster, whatever, yeah. and like line up and skip school to get tickets for like U two or, or Bon Jovi or yeah. Madonna. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And there was something about that where now it's just like I, I, I know, it sounds so old. It's, it's but on, like the I app, miss on your that. phone. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, so I'm saying like all of that to say so much has changed. So if you, you know, for those of us that got into the industry back when albums were still being sold, like in terms of plastic, like I say, CDs, um, you know, maybe, um, what was I going to say? Labels were a little more invested. Maybe they did a little bit more for you. They might take out an ad for you in a magazine or they might put a billboard up you know, in whatever major market that they thought you had the most appeal. Right. But now the things have gone digital. I mean, they're not, they don't even need to worry themselves with making physical product for you anymore. So now it's just about send us the track. It's a singles driven industry. We make Mm. one track. If it's really, really hot, we'll pump it out to all the, to all the major streaming platforms, you know, Apple Music, Spotify. So what you're doing now, you're all clamoring for that front page, Front splash page of Apple Music in the country genre, or whatever. I, yeah. a, uh, a kid that I vocal coached a few years ago was on Apple Music This Week. In oh, wow. He awesome. just got a deal in Nashville. Wow. Yeah, shout out to Josh Ross, amazing upcoming country artist. He's had some great success. Um, but, you know, there's that one spot mm-hmm. where you can only put one artist's face, and you got to hope that that drives enough new listeners to want to inquire about that artist. So, like, how many streaming uh, platforms are there? Mel? Spotify? I, Apple, Apple Music? Is Google Music even still around? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Amazon, Amazon. Music, Prime, uh, music, right? So you've got these, before there used to be countless, you'd have, like, Rolling Stone Magazine and all these yeah. different magazines. You would go to the record store to flip through the magazines yep. to see who's, who was being profiled. And there would be numerous profiles in the magazine. So it's just changed so much, all of that wow. to say.
2: So all that to say, um, if you're going to get into this industry,
0: yeah, I'm saying, listen, at the end of the day, do what you love,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your gift will make a way for you.
1: I do like what that. you love, mm-hmm. and your
0: gift will make a way for you. If you have something to say mm-hmm. that resonates with people, it connects with people, you will have an audience. So. As long as you love it, do it for that reason. If you're trying to do it for any other reason, I'd say, go with your Plan B.
2: That's good. That's good advice. That's really good advice. I wonder if that's why, like Chris and I are now, are into vinyls. Yeah. We go to like record stores in every city that we go to, and we have some amazing ones, like in Caledonia, in London, here in Burlington, everywhere we go, or if we're if we're antiquing because we love to go antiquing. We look at albums, and that's fun. Like we open up, oh, it's a white album, right? And you open up, and you know, we open up. I just got him for Father's Day, the George Harrison fiftieth anniversary, which is amazing. George Harrison was so underrated compared, you know, like. And then you listen to his music; it's amazing. You've got Eric Clapton, you know, like vibes in it, and you open it up, and there's a poster, and then you can read. Like, there's something really. Tactown beautiful yes. about a vinyl, like now records. So now we're all about records. And it's funny because everywhere we're going now, we're meeting, it's like this community, our friends are doing it, we're like swapping stories, people are like, Giving Chris records from their like parents, they don't have a record player. Like it's been really fun.
0: And you see the artists like in certain yeah. music spaces are cutting their albums on vinyl because there's a real market. I love for it. it, and
2: it's but it's it's rich, it's robust when you hear on vinyls now, right? Versus like
0: the warmth of the, the sound is love it. Unri- unrivaled. I know we've become so attuned to this high fidelity crisp almost thin sound that we hear digitally yeah yeah that you put on vinyl and then all of a sudden it's like a warm blanket it is that's it and of course then we
2: had to get these like old like i can't believe we bought old 1970s speakers for the thing i go that's like my grandpa because there's nothing better yeah so there's chris looking for it meeting an old guy who was giving him a deal on like facebook marketplace and we had to spend hundreds of dollars on these Old, Yeah. But then you put them in our living room and the sound, it's like that enveloping. It's yeah. beautiful and warm and rich and creamy and anyway. Did you
0: ever have one of those like furniture pieces? Yes. That had the record player in the middle and the speakers That was my built grandpa's in? and he gave yeah. it
2: to me. And there was like little slots where yeah. you keep
0: some of your albums? Yeah. We had one of those
2: too. It was amazing. Yeah. I love it. Mm. Okay. Favorite, this is so hard, I know, favorite mm. song of all time mm. and why?
0: I'll tell you why. It's an Italian song that I've recorded and performed numerous times. It's a tribute to the great tenor Enrico Caruso, the song is called Caruso, and it's a song. Mm. There is some speculation that the song was written about a young love that he had that was ah. um, an unrequited love, oh. and but it's a it's a beautiful tribute. It was written by uh, one of Italy's more modern ca- composers, Lucio Dalla. He has since passed away in, in the last uh, five to seven years. Um, but the beautiful thing about... So here's the story about Caruso. Wow. He came to America played a number of the big opera houses and then got quite ill. And it was his request to be returned to Italy where he would spend his dying days. Mm. Uh, During one of the, during uh, that period of time as he was slowly slipping away, he stayed at this particular property on the, um, on the Amalfi coast. Mm -hmm. And decades later, Lucio Dalla goes and checks himself into this very same hotel and asks to stay in the suite where Caruso stayed for his last days. And when he emerged from that suite, which actually has a beautiful grand piano in it, it's now a hotel. Okay. Um, and uh, he emerged with this song called Caruso, which has become almost like an Italian anthem. Like, honestly, I married an Italian woman, yeah. and I can't tell you how many Italian weddings we went to when we were dating early 20s that this song was played all the time. Like, I thought it was the national anthem.
2: How does it just sit?
0: Te voglio bene sai tanto yeah. tanto oh my
1: gosh and it's beautiful. Voglio bene sai means
0: I love you it's almost it's more than I love you very much it's like I just I yearn for you oh, very much yeah
2: it's that love lost or love
0: unrequited uh, yeah. unreturned and then like, your heart goes mm, oh, yes. oh yes and the last line it's like your love like your love is like the blood in my veins like din not vena sai right it's who
2: writes these words i know
0: well lucho Dello, yeah, so obviously them, yeah, but yeah. it's like
2: when you come with that like that creative it's like oh
0: and even when i've sung it. it for audiences um, Mel, that they that don't speak italian they don't understand they say oh my God. There's just something about the emotive quality. And singing in in Italian, too, has got all these big, beautiful open vowels. Mm -hmm. I think that's why so much classical repertoire is written in in Italian, French, obviously German. German's a little more harsh. But there's just this open sound. And it just, like, speaking about enveloping, it just... And people yeah. can make the lyrics, even though they don't yeah. understand, mean whatever they want right. based on how the music makes them yeah. feel. But also I think it's the yearning.
2: Mm. Every one of us has had some kind of a yearning, whether it's a yearning for your freedoms or yearning for a relationship or yearning for something better, whatever. So people know, like, worldwide yearning. Mm. It's, a, it's a longing. Yes. And so a longing or yearning is... is for everybody so it can be and it can be and it can be put to
0: anything yeah and it comes out in the music I like, know
1: it's like, like you can that, you can uh,
0: communicate er, yearning just through your your tone I know right and some people are just like oh yes whatever it <laughs> is he's singing yes, about I yes, want that yes yeah.
2: yes and everyone's like oh and then they leave and they're like oh, oh <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay come back to reality
0: okay back to okay, reality okay
2: right like that's what happens okay that's beautiful I love that that's your favorite song so we've been talking about like singing but was it Was it hard for you to transition to being a host of 100 Huntley Street? Like, I mean, Mm. in that, and I say this because like when you're in that space and then you're coming in now to host, were there same or different skills? Was it hard? Was it easy? What was Mm. that like for you?
0: Um, Coming in to the role as host of Huntley Street wasn't difficult um, in terms of my connection to the message, to the people to the, uh, the, the, the MO of the organization. Cause I have been so connected to these people for so many years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had got very deep friendships and, and a love for this place. Um, and, and in a sense, you know, hosting and singing, they're both forms of communication. Right. Right. So I was just, I'm just kind of using a different muscle to communicate. If you will, I'm right. not singing, I'm just speaking. But I, it just awakened something within me, almost an inquisitiveness, like the Mm. ability to pull people's stories from them. Like I no longer have to be the one to tell the story. I can actually pull it out of you as my guest or, or causing me to dig deep into uh, literature that's being written by celebrated authors and great thinkers and personal stories and, Mm. and try and, and, pull something out that maybe the art, the artist or the author didn't even necessarily pen has been a great challenge for me. And I always love a challenge. I, I tell people like I, I get bored easily. Yeah. so I'm glad <laughs> to have a number of different things to do. And so hosting has been one of those beautiful blessings in my life. On the flip side, mm-hmm. it was a bit sad for me because it represented the closure of a chapter in my life. Hmm. Yet I, w- I mean, I was so excited to move, into the role of hosting and definitely seen a divine plan in it but also looking at sort of where i'd been and what i had worked so hard to build and seeing the the writing on the wall if you will that Mm -hmm. that 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 chapter was coming to a close or at least at least for now it was being put on hold so um yeah, a little bit of both. But wow. I'd say more of the just yeah. loving it.
2: I think the inquisitiveness, but also like I think for me too, it's it's a curiosity of mm. like, what are they about? What does this mean? How can I learn from it? What yeah. can I take from it? What would be actually a really great question for this guest that maybe they didn't assume or know and it's not on the press release and like the you know, like the assigned questions yeah. from the publicist? Oh, and you're I like, hate
0: that. I don't even read them. Do you oh, love that's this math? Do, I don't even read them. Do you, do you I mean occasionally if I'm really struggling with the direction I might take a question or two yeah. but don't you love this when you get an author or someone that you're interviewing and they're like that's a really good yes. question. I'm like yes. Yeah. Did it. Thought Nailed of, it. <laughs> I thought
2: of one that no one else has asked them. Nailed it. Yeah. No, I know. I get that too. So I do that. So it's this is like such a great admission because I'll read them and if there's like eight I may pick one that, But then yeah. that I was like, that's kind of like my question, but I'll change it around. Yeah. But then I asked my own. Yeah. Because it's like, they've been asked that a million times. I remember I was talking to, I don't even know who it was. There were so many. And they were like, that's a great question. No one's asked me that. Oh, you stumped me. Wait, I need to think about it. I'm like, yes. yes. And it's not to do that. No, 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 no. It's just it's out of my own interest to find out really what that's about.
0: Yeah. And you know what it says to them? She's interested in me. Yeah. She's not just going through the standard I know. list of questions that my publicist asked me to prepare. Mm-hmm. But this this particular interviewer host has actually read the content and it's triggered a question. Yeah. Or yeah, like you said, a curiosity about why I wrote this or what was the impetus for this particular chapter yeah. or passage. It's good. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's good.
2: Okay, Mark. Mark high and low meaning most memorable moments so far on Huntley and then Low, lowest point, low. and it doesn't have to be an interview. But what, yeah. like high, low?
0: High, that's hard. Mm. Oh, I, I'd have to say uh, more recently I interviewed Johnny Erickson Tata. Mm. My mom would
2: be all over this. That's one of her favorites, and it was one of mine. I remember yeah. when. Yeah,
0: I, I have to up. say there there is something, and I've yeah. You know, I mean, I interviewed Harry Connick Jr. That was a really mm-hmm. cool experience. Yeah. But in terms of, of an experience that I think has changed me a little bit, it's mm. been Johnny. And I remember watching her movie as a young kid. Remember when the movies would do the circuit yeah. at churches and there'd be like a Sunday night yeah. feature and it would be the the film on the reel-to-reel? Right. Reel. And
2: everybody would say, don't dive into a lake.
0: A shallow water. I was water. afraid I know. of diving me from too. that point on after I watched Johnny Erickson Thomas. Me
2: too. It was like, oh, there could be a big rock. She could, I could I could get paralyzed every time. So I was always like, I know, I, I was paranoid for a little while about yeah. that.
0: To Mm. be able to interview her now after 50 years in the chair.
2: 50 years, she's 50 years?
0: Like she's almost 70. No. She's been paralyzed for 50 years.
2: Wow.
0: She deals with chronic pain. She's battling cancer. She struggles to take the next breath. And yet she puts on the deepest seated smile you can imagine. Mm. You know she believes what she preaches. Like it just oozes out of her. And I think for me, I'm just like, my goodness, like I can learn just from being in her presence. Mm-hmm. Even though we're doing so much virtually now on Humphrey yeah. Street, we're not always having a lot of guests in the studio. So these ones we've been doing via um, video conference, but it's been it's been so life giving to me. And and I think I'd have to say that Johnny Erickson has been probably the most impactful That's for amazing. me. Yeah,
2: I remember that because I remember then I remember it was a young girl when she started like doing the paintings with her mouth. I'm like. I wouldn't think of that. I wouldn't do that. Because I'd be like... Um, so mad. I would be so mad at life, so angry at God, yeah, because I can't do anything. But then she's painting with her mouth, Mark.
0: yeah, I know. The
2: paintbrush. Come on. I know. Like...
0: And she does relief, world, r- relief work, Melinda, around the world for people that, are, that live with disabilities. Like, she's become an advocate for people right. living with disabilities. Like, she's taken her thorn... And turned it into yeah. a blessing in other people's lives. And
2: so here's the thing that I'm always saying, and I'm always just very aware of. There are many people who have the same situations and circumstances, but what do they do with it? Yeah. In everything. Because there are people that are like Johnny um, and who have become bitter and angry mm-hmm. and have just kind of given up on life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's the choices we make can really like determine our life going forward. So here you would think, Oh my goodness, she has every right to be angry and like hide away, be insular and like be justified just to be angry yeah. and, and be nasty. But no, you're saying no, she's now helping even though through the chronic pain. She's an influencer. She like loves Jesus. Like, see what I mean?
0: I know. I just, if I can just even be 10% of what she is as a I person, like I'll be feeling yeah. good about myself. Um, Johnny, if yeah. you're listening,
2: we love you. Yes, we love Thank do. you for being such a great influence to Thank us. Thank you for being you. Um, a low. I mm. mean, it can be general. I'm not trying to like... <laughs> yeah. Well, am I trying to... Do? No, I'm saying, what would be a low or something that was hard <gasps> as a transitioning to a host?
0: In terms of a, an experience or mm-hmm. just sort of overall, mm-hmm. I, I think I... I uh, just adjusting to um, the the mechanics of... On live on-air hosting, where you're you're trying to be in the moment with your guest, but you're also getting in-ear prompts and 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 yes. um, direction as to where we're going next, <laughs> how do we transition smoothly? I've always here's here's Mark being completely <laughs> completely honest here, of all the sort of the skills that I need to draw on to mm-hmm. execute an interview well. I really struggle with landing the plane. That's what we call. It. I mean, that's yep. what at least yep. what I call it. Like, like I can get it, I can get it <laughs> off the ground. No problem. I can keep us in the air at thirty thousand feet yep. for an hour. Yep. It's when I get the radio tower that says, it's time to, to now land. land the plane. I know,
2: because that's also part of it.
0: That's part of you it, because like that's what people are going to be left with, how mm-hmm. you land. So getting direction in your ear, okay, we've only got so much time, and figuring out all of those mechanics, Those have been, that has been probably the biggest mm-hmm. struggle for me, but with every passing episode, yeah. of course, you get more... I have a
2: suggestion. Why don't like about a minute out, you just go <laughs> and just, just sing, <laughs> sing a song, <laughs> and let's land this plane, <laughs> amen. Okay, we're done, and then just bam, and just
0: like to the next. Because that segment. would be really,
2: and then the the guests would be like, okay, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> It'll catch You'd... them off guard so much. Oh. they will just smile. And then you could be
2: just... like, join in, and we'll just end. Like <laughs> that would be awesome like every end you're just like and we're ending thank you so much you such so an inspiration you're enveloping me in your love keep going. <laughs> keep
1: going make sure you come back
2: yeah or not because after <laughs> this it kind of weird yeah you know what I mean like yeah. okay no that's honest I get that and you know what? there is a craft there is a learning like I've so many years of like watching people and then And I mean, I never like to watch me back. I people are like, "How do you do you guys? You watch your like see your love shows?" I'm like, "No," because it's so awkward to me when I look at myself. I'm like, but there were times where I did in the beginning, and was like, "Oh, I need to like
0: work on this, work on that, that, be
2: really clear coming out." Because you're right, at the very end, you could have an awesome interview, and the very last two minutes, we were like, "That sucks."
0: I know. (laughs) What is that all about? I I, like. I (laughs) will. Here's more confession. I will watch the episodes where I know it's been what I felt like was a complete train wreck at the end. Because, and do you do this when you're driving home from a day in studio, you play back the interview and you're like, oh shoot, if I had just if said If I said that, this.
1: Oh. It would have, it would
0: have made such
1: a better
0: transition.
1: Yeah, or I could say, oh, I forgot to say
2: this. Yeah, that's or, what it
0: is. Or, I got to make sure I watch when this airs just to see how yeah. bad it really was because I feel like <laughs> crap right now.
2: And then you're really hard on yourself. And then most of the audience is like, what? I didn't even see that. What or do you, you mean? watch it and you're like, oh, it wasn't not that wasn't bad. bad. All the time. And that's the thing. It's like, you're harder on yourself yeah. because you're thinking, thinking, thinking. But it was like, when you have the ear piece in, and they're like, one minute, <laughs> one minute. Then the, you're like, uh, ah, okay. And oh, I saw five is, questions left. <laughs> the best is,
0: you're three minutes over. <laughs> We're three minutes heavy.
2: <laughs> um, which really says, Mark, you've totally, totally destroyed the show today yeah. because you're over. Basically,
0: we're rolling the closer right now. <laughs> Wave goodbye.
2: <laughs> uh, thank you for the interview. Thanks for joining Thanks us. For try- yes. Goodbye in tomorrow's cast. See, this uh. is all the behind the scenes because this is real. Like, yeah. we actually and you know for you know viewers and listeners think about this like this is what we think about every day like you think oh Mel that was so great you write on social Mark that was so great and then you're meanwhile we're like it wasn't great we should have done this I hated my hair I didn't like this uh, 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 like all the time what
0: was I thinking why did I why did I choose that <laughs> tense of the verb it doesn't even make sense <laughs>
2: Now I'm gonna watch your shows even more. Don't don't watch it. <laughs> Cause now I want to hear yeah, this like, course. oh, okay, get my pen out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get a awesome. grade.
0: I'm gonna get a grade after every episode. B minus.
2: <laughs> yeah. C plus. Oh, that's awesome. No, but that that's real. And I think yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that. Like that's what how we feel. I remember seeing an interview where Angelina Jolie was asked, Have you watched any of your movies? Like that was like Lara Croft, all of them. And she oh. actually goes, No. Really? Because she's like, I don't want to see myself yeah. on screen. And But I I realized that that was me because it's so awkward on a big screen TV. <laughs> you're looking you at yourself. You're like, that's too much of me. <laughs> like, I know I'm too much already in my own real life. But yeah. seeing it there and then you're like, ew, like, why did I react that way? Why was my eye? Why did I? Yeah. You know what I mean? Even that reactions, you're like, oh.
0: It's almost like what you don't know won't hurt you. Yes. Like, what you don't see <laughs> or hear won't ne- hurt you. It
2: never happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it never happened.
2: Never happened. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, that's no really worries. good. Okay. You talked about Ange before. Mm-hmm. How long have you been married to Ange now?
0: 24 years. No. You're yes.
2: babies then.
0: We were, well,
2: mid-20s. When yeah. I say that, okay, so 24 years marriage. Okay, let's be honest about this. What has been, okay, let's start with what has been the, the best part of being married for 24 years. What have you learned about yourself? Yeah. What would you say?
0: Um, the support. Okay, so the, support. The, the constant yeah. support that you, that you have in your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say in my particular uh, situation, I was really blessed to have a woman that was willing to allow my dreams to be her dreams. Wow. Um, That's for vague. a, for a period of time. Right. And hmm. that was, that was a real big one because mm-hmm. that I don't know if that was necessarily what she signed up for when we first you know, started dating, and when she agreed to marry me, and all of that, um, which kind of, kind of segues into sort of the, the not so great parts mm-hmm. or the the more challenging parts of marriage. Um, I think my life calling was a big challenge in our marriage mm-hmm. because it, it it required me to make some serious sacrifices, often at the expense of her and our son. Lucas, I think parenting was a bit of a challenge. Because here's this thing. Look, so we, you get married, right? And you got this honeymoon mm-hmm. stage that you go through. And we were married six years before Lucas came along. Everything's hunky-dory. Um, you know, it's just, you're just each other. You're getting to know each other. You're traveling. And then a baby comes. Mm-hmm. And you realize that you both have very unique, distinct ideals about how that child should be raised. Right. And then those, the real you hmm. surfaces. And I think that's where we probably ran into our, you know, our first patch of rough waters because she had an idea. I had an idea. I was the oldest of six kids. I practically reared like, you know, my five younger siblings. So I was very comfortable with babies. She was the baby of three. Mm -hmm. So she was the one that had been coddled in her family. Mm -hmm. So she was always leaning more on her mother for that direction. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, felt, figured I know how to. I know how to do this. You don't always need to be going to your mom, but understanding too—that's just that's immature love, first Mm. of all. Because understanding a woman's need for her mother's input into how she raises her child is Mm -hmm. very, very important. It took time for me to learn that, right? Right. So um, even though I can, I can be as I could have been as maternal as she needed me to be to help her along. She really needed that from her mother, Mm -hmm. and I needed to let her get that from her mom. Wow. Right. But you you have to go through it to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think probably the, the biggest challenge was the, the number of years that I invested and maybe even, and not just maybe, but the money that I invested, the risks that I took financially building a career and, 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 and don't get me wrong. We experienced a lot of great, you know, feats and, and yeah. great success along the way, but it got to the point where things changed, you know, and, and the hard conversations, needed to be had um you know how much longer are you going to keep pursuing this thing obviously the tides have turned a bit mm-hmm. uh, pa- um, trends are changing uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the that circuit of of theaters that you were doing on a regular basis during the prime of that particular genre of music has changed they're not buying your show anymore yeah. We're, we're bleeding more than we're making, and she was a very succe- she was very successful in her world. She's a de- design consultant. She worked with a condominium builder. She's always worked. She's mm-hmm. always done very well. And then that created an imbalance of financial hmm. um, uh, power, if you will, or yeah. contribution to the household. So there's all of these things going on. In complete honesty, then I start dealing with insecurity because I'm not contributing the way I want to. In fact, mm-hmm. I may be responsible for the bleeding that's going on financially yeah. in the household. And and then you start making sort of bad financial decisions because you're trying to redeem something that didn't turn out the way you'd hoped. And and so all these pressures and, and really at the end of the day, it was it was an awakening that I had to come to to say, you know what? She's right. I, I need to make some serious decisions. I need to prioritize my family over my career and mm. stop making the risks, stop taking the risks that I have felt I deserve to take because this is my calling. I'm a musician and I've, and I've had so much success up to this point and why shouldn't I keep trying to move the needle forward? And, and, uh, you know, and, and it, it like it came to the a breaking point in our marriage where it was basically it's, it's either going to be me, my wife had mm-hmm. to say, or it's going to be whatever it is you want to do because we can't keep going on this way. Mm-hmm. And um, man, that's that's a blow, right? And because you always feel like the next success is right around the corner, you're always chasing that next thing. And right around that season, I had decided. So I uh, that's going back almost ten years ago. I decided that I needed to make some decisions. I needed to start looking at other areas, other businesses. And I, so I went out and got my real estate license. And that's not, like, that's not a magic pill either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, you get your real estate license and then all of a sudden, bada boom, bada bang, mm-hmm. you're you're rolling in dough. No, it takes years to develop a client base and to, and to establish rapport with the clients, the few clients that you may start out with and then build that out. And then you wait for that return business that comes over time and all mm-hmm. of that kind of thing. Um, so there were some other decisions I had to make even while I was building that business. So a lot of people don't know this, Mel, but I also got my securities license about a year after that, and I went and I worked at a bank doing a nine-to-five for a year. No way. To establish some stability in my family. It was what I needed to do Mm -hmm. to save my marriage. My wife needed to know that I would go and work a nine-to-five, regardless of what it was paying, just to show that I prioritized her and her son Over this pie in the sky dream that I had chased for 15 years at that point. So I worked in a bank for a year. Mark. Yeah. And it was in that season that my, I will call it my business sense was fine tuned. Hmm. I understand. I, I began to understand how real business operates, what it means, what's involved to build a business um, the disciplines involved in reporting to a nine to five like that, which I had not done in years, mm-hmm. right. Always, I'd always worked for myself. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I go out, I do it. I have my own schedule. Usually it's like mid afternoon to late nights cause you're an artist, right? That's what you do. Um, you know, you're always like, and the other thing that you did was go to the gym cause you kind of need to be in shape. You got to yeah. take care of your physical, you know, appearance Uh, But this caused me to to reprioritize things and that stability at home worked wonders for our marriage. Mm -hmm. It was, that's all she was looking for. Mm -hmm. She wanted a man that was going to, yeah, put her needs first for maybe once in our married lives.
1: Wow.
0: And so I thank God for that year at the bank. It, and with that, because it was in that, I daily had to pray, God, I'm laying all of this other stuff down. Put the artistry down. If I never stand on a stage again, I'm cool with it. And that's a little bit of a painful prayer to pray at first. Mm. But when you pray it regularly, it gets easier and Mm. easier and easier. And Mel, some of the doors that would open as a result of me holding it a lot more loosely. Mm-hmm. Like I tell people this, I held on to that gift in music and that career and all of that goes with it so tightly because I, I thought I was doing God a favor. I thought mm-hmm. I was like protecting it for him. You know, you've given me this gift. I'm going to hold on to it. What I didn't realize is he couldn't do anything with it because I had it. I was white knuckling it. Mm-hmm. I was holding it so tight. So I had to let it go. I had to, I had to do the right thing for my family. It had nothing to do with a career. God didn't care what I did. Put your family first. Well, obviously put me first, then put your family second. Mm-hmm. And I'll take care of the rest, including the desires of your heart. You've got to just, you got to get it right, Masri. And this this process just, you know, it developed disciplines in me that I am thankful for. It, like, I always <laughs> kind of laugh because I'm, I'm a bit of a slow learner. Like I, mm-hmm. I have to, I almost like, like when you were started off the top and all the gushing, I'm like, well, if you only knew how long it has taken me to learn some of these lessons and mm-hmm. to get to the place where I am today. Mm-hmm. I'm really kind of a bit of a late bloomer, if you will, and slow learner even at times. Um, but I'm so thankful for the lessons that I learned, even if it wasn't till my early 30s that I started to learn those lessons yeah. or mid-30s, right? Um, because they have just solidified some things, some pillars in my life that I needed. And, and I just... Yeah, I, as painful as it's been, or as painful as it was, I'm so thankful to be on the other side, and there's so much freedom. So much freedom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And to, so then to move into an on-air hosting role for a ministry that I hold very dear to me mm-hmm. was just like, God, I would have never seen this opportunity in a million years, and yet all the stuff that you've done in me has been preparing me for this time. Um. And honestly, yeah. where the real estate thing is concerned, Mel, I can honestly say in the last year, I've had the best year of my 10 years of being, uh, eight years of being licensed. And I can't explain why. Mm-hmm. I'm really not, I'm, I'm an okay realtor. Mm-hmm. I Listen, I, I will say, I'm not the guy that's the full time every day. Right. My clients are tra- treated like gold. Like th- that's the way I, I really take, uh, take that very seriously. But I'm nothing special. It's just, I think I finally got the point. And, and I've been able to prioritize life in such a way that puts things in their proper place, in their proper order.
2: You know, you said a lot. I'm taking a lot of notes because, and this was my follow-up question, which you've answered. But, you know, we have seen and we know people and I know people who, have tried to do the artist thing, a musician thing, yeah. and relationships have failed, marriages have failed. There's been a lot of difficulty and challenge, mm-hmm. and you know I'm not trying to point the finger at them, but I think what you said you've sort of answered the question about the priority because there's I I I think that when you're an artist, there are times where it's like this is it, this is the call, or even not the word call, but this is what I was made and created to do. And, yeah. And I've seen it, where, at the expense of relationships, at the expense of family and children. Yeah. And yet, what I'm hearing you say, Mark, is that there is a, a choice in that. Yeah. And here's the other thing. There have been situations where there have been people we've known, like I've known, and where they were financially struggling, but they would not go and get a nine to five banking job. They wouldn't go and work at the grocery store because it was too beneath them. Because they wanted a certain level of job, but then again, it was at the detriment of family and relationships. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm that listening to been, That could have been me. No, I know. I'm listening yeah. to you, and that's really important for like our listeners and viewers to hear right now because there is a responsibility. There's a choice. Everybody has a choice, but what are you going to prioritize?
0: Yeah.
2: And I think that's what's really been. What you're saying is just right on.
0: Yeah. Yep. And it's it's a tough pill to swallow. Like, trust me. It it it, it probably took me kicking and screaming, you know, mm-hmm. right down to that first day where I walked into that bank. And like wow. I did well. Like I mean I I, I I flourished in that environment.
2: I can see that. Um, it, I can it, totally it, see that.
0: And the manager was wanting to like within Six months, she was already seeing areas where she wanted to move me up, and then because other things started to develop in my life, it was almost like God sent me back to school for a year. He was like,
2: "That's what can happen, yeah.
0: I'm going to send you back to school. You'll actually get a paycheck while you're going there, but you've got a few things to learn. Yeah. And the first thing is, you're going to be home for your family every night at five or five thirty. So all you have to worry about is going and doing your very best at the bank, and then you come home. And you be with your family. You serve your family. Incredible. And it changed the energy in our house. Like, it changed the dynamics between me and my wife. Um, it changed, you know, Lucas was right at a critical stage mm-hmm. in his life. And he needed, I think he, I'm thankful that, you know, it all happened in the time that it did. Because it was a. It was very critical for Lucas to see his dad do what I did
1: Yeah.
0: Um, at that particular stage. So, because it's important that he knows yeah. the importance of priorities yeah you know because he'd seen I mean kids are sensitive oh yeah I mean, they know what's going they're smarter on. than we think they're smart yeah they're they smart. are smart they yeah. are
2: smart um, have so many more questions but sure. I know we need to land this plane yes let's just end with you know we've come out of a pandemic we're feeling overwhelmed maybe this is encouragement to me to you to our viewer and listener but you know we're exhausted it's not been easy mm. how, how, how do you stay healthy and hopeful Mark in a time like this and what would be some encouragement for somebody who's just like, I'm tapped out. Mm. Like this is, this conversation has been encouraging, but I'm still. Yeah. What would you say?
0: Well, the first thing I'd say is look up. And and Ah. I, I don't, um, I don't say that lightly. I don't like, oh, that's just a pat answer. I really do say look up to God, you know, um, look up at that relationship and ask yourself how much time am I investing in my relationship with God? Because that has been key to me. There have been seasons in my life where that was not the case. That was the last thing on my priority list. Mm -hmm. As much as I loved God, I wasn't pouring into that relationship. So that's what I would say right off the bat. But that is not to say that you will still not have struggles and trials and you'll be frustrated and you feel, You're lacking motivation. You just don't have anything more to give. I give. I get it. I get it. I've been there. I would say another thing to do is find something, whether it's a cause, an initiative, a purpose that is consistent with your core values, and pour yourself into that. That's good. I can't tell you how many times when I have decided to do something that is outward looking, give of myself, even if it costs me something, how much I feel filled at the end of that. How enriched my life is and the needs of me and my family are met as a result of that willingness to go out and to pour into the lives or the, another purpose or another cause right. that isn't self-serving. Yeah. Like we live in such a self-serving uh, society Yeah, Mel. You know, like we're always, what, what can we do to build me up, to climb the corporate ladder, to own the bigger house, to have, you know, a higher, a bigger portfolio, uh, you know, investment portfolio, whatever the, whatever the case may be, what are we doing to pour into the lives of somebody else?
2: I love that. Look up and find, find really a purpose, something to pour yourself, because it's all about me. And then when I start looking at myself and all the issues, it's big. But when you start looking outward and you see the other issues of people, everything changes. Perspective changes immediately. 100%. Mark Masry, thank you so much. This was rich, and I loved it. And I want to close with a prayer. So for all of the colleagues, I've actually like said, okay, God, um, help me find a prayer that works that's for them. And it's been interesting. I've found prayers all in different places. But this one is its a prayer for strength and patience. It's a prayer that would be like you saying it to God. But I really felt that this is one... That I wanted to say to you,
1: hmm.
2: to God. Um, I, I really thank you for your honesty and your transparency as you shared. I think, you know, just talking about marriage and these choices is really important. And I think hmm. there are many people who needed to hear that today. Thanks, and, and to be reminded about our choice and family. Hmm. So I want to pray this over you. And then we'll just finish up and you, we'll, you'll have to come back. We need, we have, there's to. so much Part more two. to say. Yeah. So here is a prayer for you to God, a prayer for strength and patience. So God, I need to give out so much more than I can give alone. I need the strength that comes from you, almighty graceful one. I need the strength of wisdom so that just like a tree, I can grow roots deep in you that others do not see. I need the strength of gentle peace, so that just like the sea, I can rise and fall each day and lead others gently onwards. I need the strength of steady love, so that just like wind, I can blow or hold my breath with patience deep and kind. I need to give out much more than I can give alone. I need the strength that comes from you, almighty graceful one. Amen. Amen. So I pray that over you that comes from actually the holylandprayer.com website I it's the r- random things it. that I just pulled but I pray that that strength of wisdom strength of gentle peace strength of steady love for you Mark thank and you. I wish you all the best praying um, for new seasons and new opportunities and great hosting and landing the plane and all the things <laughs> we'll have to have you come back and give us updates on your life and what's happening but thank you so much for being with me on See Here Love. It was really a joy.
0: It's been my pleasure, Melinda. Yeah, thank amazing. you.
2: And to you, our viewers and listeners, I really hope that you were encouraged by my conversation with Mark. And as you sit and think about your priorities, as you think about your marriage, as you think about your career and calling, as you think about transitions, um, hard places, as I always say, know that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. You are not alone. He is with you every step of the way. So our hope is that you choose, you trust in strength that only comes from God. And thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you stay with us into the series of the creative name of the series, Melinda and Her Colleagues. And I hope you're enjoying this series with us. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for listening to See Here Love the podcast with Melinda Esther Brooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See Here Love, or join our newsletter at www.seeherelove.com.